Welcome to the Do Divorce Right podcast. I'm your host, Becca Maxwell, and I'm here to help you transition through your divorce with ease and integrity, to not only survive the challenges of your divorce, but to thrive as you come out the other side of it with a much better life than you ever hoped possible. On this show, we talk about many different aspects of divorce, interview women who have their own incredible divorce stories, or those who can offer some great advice as you go through yours. The focus here is to help you find the strength and support to help you feel lighter, happier, more positive, and in a better frame of mind to face the inevitable challenges of your current journey. Hello, welcome back to the Do Divorce Right podcast. As always, I love having incredible guests on my podcast, and today is no exception. Today, I'm talking to Sharon Keo. Sharon is an intuitive coach and holistic practitioner. She works with professional and entrepreneurial women like me to help us thrive in health, wealth, and happiness. She has um, she's a resilience, trauma, and women's wellness expert, and she's the author of an upcoming book called a thrive how to 10x your health wealth and happiness i cannot wait to read it um sharon has spent the last 10 years developing a method for creating full body wellness and she helps women transform their relationship with themselves so that they can enjoy more clarity have a greater sense of self-worth and self-belief and she has some fantastic suggestions on how we can navigate our homes ourselves and our children through the disruption of divorce, separation and divorce. So Sharon, I can't wait to get into this with you. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Uh, thanks so much for having me, Becca. Now, did I? what did I miss in this introduction? I'd love to know a little bit of what got you to where you are. What was your career before becoming a holistic practitioner and intuitive coach? Yeah, So my background has been in human resources and health and safety management. Um, So kind of quite a different background. but Still very people-focused, right? Still very people-focused, absolutely. And also kind of I guess where I see the correlation is from my health and safety days, it's all about when there's an incident, it's about getting to the root cause of an issue in order to make sure that we address that Otherwise, all you're ever doing is treating symptoms. Yes. Um, So for me, it's about getting to the root cause of issues, which translates over into our health and well-being. Absolutely. Um, And and it's also just making sure that we're being preventative and proactive because if you don't implement those strategies then, well, then that's when illness, disease and a whole lot of other factors can start to play. So that's kind of where I see them merging and and crossing over. I guess um, when it came time during the 2020, um, I went through an unfair dismissal with an employer. No one was hiring. And um, I decided it was a sign from the universe to follow that intuitive path and start my own business and one step led to another. I, I learned raindrop technique, massage treatments, chakra energy balancing. I already had an essential oils business. Um, that each thing led to another. I had all this time to complete my women's circle training. And so now I see myself as someone being able to bridge that logical, analytical days from my corporate work together with the more alternative woo-woo things and making them make sense together. Yeah, beautiful. I love the woo-woo. Tell me more about your book too, um, Thrive, How to 10X Your Health, Wealth and Happiness. What drove yeah. you to write that? Um, so my husband and I have written it together. Um, there was a whole range of factors, I guess. Um, but with everything that I do, I take a holistic approach. So when I talk to people about health, you can't talk only about health because your health will affect how much wealth you can create in your life. It can affect how happy you are or not happy Um, and vice versa. You know, your wealth, you can't be creating all this amazing wealth and at the detriment of your health or your happiness. So for me, it's taking that holistic approach and how can you have 
all areas of your life working and what are the steps to do that are simple, are effective and are going to get you onto the right path. So yeah, that's what we've tried to do with this book and fingers crossed people get that from it and um, are able to share that with their family and friends. Yeah. Well, speaking of family and friends, I think that's a beautiful segue straight into talking about how you have got some advice on families that are going through the disruption of separation and divorce. And specifically, I was really interested to hear how you thought we could help ourselves as we are preparing, right? There is this period, whether it was your choice or whether it was not your choice, there's a period prior to to the real shit show. But like, you know, you haven't necessarily moved out of the house. Um, You know it's coming. And you just mentioned there about kind of anticipating or preparing or preventing disease. What suggestions would you have knowing that you're about to go on this journey um, that most people think takes three months, but it really takes three years? Um, You know, how, how can we protect ourselves? What would your advice be? I ask this of all kinds of different practitioners in all different ways, but what would your specific advice be? So with everything, um, you always have to focus on yourself. You can't control anything Uh but yourself, your emotions, your actions, your reactions. Um, So for me, you know, this applies to any time in your life. But obviously, if you're going through a separation and divorce or a turbulent time in your relationship, now more than ever is the time where you need to find your focus, your centre and your inner peace and inner calm. So that's kind of what I talk about with people. And, look, there are loads of things that people can do and I say it's a bit of trial and error sometimes because, you know, what works for you might not work for me. And so I can share some really amazing tools that will help support people, but it might not be the thing for you and that's okay. Um, And then it's about, okay, well, that wasn't it and that didn't help me and what else can I try? So, But it's really important that you focus on finding your inner peace, your inner calm. And so, you know, one of the ways um, that you can do this, which you know, doesn't involve talking to other people, you know, therapists are great, but, you know, it could be just simple as getting a journal and journaling your thoughts, your feelings. You don't have to share that with anyone. You can just chuck it out, um, burn it, do whatever you want with it. Um, But journaling and getting those thoughts out of your head, because, you know, it's just going to take up mental space and mental load, keeping it up there. Uh, But getting it out onto paper can be really therapeutic. Um, Focusing on your breath um, is a beautiful way to center and calm your nervous system. Um, It can just bring you back into your body because quite often when there's so much chaos going on in in our lives, um, we disassociate and in a sense kind of leave our bodies. And it's about coming back into your body and focusing on your breath and will help support the nervous system um, and come back into your body and into your centre as well. Um, Yeah. Um, Another thing that I always do, and, I mean, for me, it's getting into the ocean every day, Mm -hmm. uh, but taking that time out for yourself. And I know as a parent and working full time and juggling all the things that you have to do in your life, but finding some small moment where you have time for yourself. It can just be going and sitting outside in the sunshine with a cup of coffee, tea, etc., and just having five minutes where even you focus on your breath or stand on the earth and ground yourself that way. Um, but there are so many things. It doesn't have to take a long time. I mean, my trip to the ocean and back and all of that, you know, it takes up more time, but I have that luxury that I can do that. But if you don't have that, that's okay. Just finding something small to do. Um, And one of the... Sorry, go on. Yeah. No, no. Um, One of the last things um, that I want to share that is just a really powerful tool that I've found um, for so many parts of my life is gratitude. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I have a beautiful gratitude um, diary that I write in every single day. Sometimes I might say it out loud to my partner in the evening um, or you can just share it with your children and ask them of a night before they go to bed. It, it can be a really beautiful practice to connect with your children as well and getting them to start searching for things that they're grateful for because They'll be picking up on the energy within your own relationship as well and they'll observe what you're doing. And the great thing is that kids will learn through observation and what you do. So if you start doing these practices and you start giving yourself time, it starts showing your children, hey, this is important, this is valuable, and they will start to do it with you potentially. So rather than... Yeah, before we get into the kids, because I think there's a lot there and we'll, we'll talk about how to bring them in and, and what, a, what a nice ways of doing that. We've just spoken about the importance of focusing on yourself and, and having a, a good listen to what you need, which, is, which can be really challenging when you've got so much going on. I love that you mentioned about trial and error and the goal being we're looking to find an inner calm, even for a moment. My question to you then is how can we reframe that from being something that's indulgent or might feel indulgent to being something that's actually really necessary? Because carving some time out for myself or or carving some time out to just breathe sometimes can feel indulgent. So what would you say to somebody to reframe that? Well, one, focusing on your breath can take as simple as 30 seconds. And you could do it on the toilet. Like <laughs> if, if you really think and you can't shift your mindset, like if we start at that point, if you can't shift your mindset that this is truly indulgent, do it on the toilet. Potentially going to be there for more than 30 seconds anyway. So why not focus on your breath while you're doing your business? And you know what? Like I love, you know, I don't agree with it all the time, but when you've got like no extra time and you have to cram and be multitasking multiple things at the same time, do it while you're already doing something else. Habit stacking, absolutely. So that would be the first part if you can't shift your mindset yet that it's indulgent. Um, but really, we've come up with this idea that when you do things for yourself, it's indulgent, it's selfish, mm -hmm. and we have to shift that mindset because it's absolutely not. Focusing on yourself is, A, the most important thing ever. If you care for other people, there is only so long that you're going to be able to care for other people if you're not caring for yourself. And if you're not caring for yourself, nobody else will. It's all about Unless you love yourself, you can't truly love somebody else. So if you don't care for yourself in the right way, then how is anybody else going to care for you either? Yeah, we're not talking about romantic partners. We're talking about the children having respect for you. We're talking about just bringing that uh, energy, I guess, from others to respect you as well, whether that be your you know, your support crew of lawyers and accountants and, and coaches and whoever are around you, you need to really look after yourself to create those boundaries, right? I care for myself, therefore you will too. <laughs> you will bring that that energy in. Um, so I said we would come back to the influencing the children, but but maybe before we even go there, what are some steps that you would recommend people take to minimise disruption between the two homes, right? The children are now going to their parents, the other parents' house, um, and we say goodbye and we don't know when we're going to see them. Well, we do know when we're going to see them again, but it feels so awful having them kind of ripped out of your home. Your home's empty now. They've gone off. You, do, you don't necessarily get any idea of what's going to be happening in the other home unless you've got a fabulously communicative divorce. They're not always that way. So how can we um, help that transition when they come back into our home or when they're leaving our home and make that feel less like Velcro being pulled apart <laughs> and more like, I set you free. I'm sending you off to your daddy's house. You're going to have a lovely time. Any any suggestions, words, things we could do? What are your thoughts? Mm. 
Oh, look, there's that's quite a big question to answer. <laughs> so I'll try and break it down in, in some some respects. So first, first of all, I would say protect your energy because when you're, as I mentioned earlier, all you can do is control yourself, your thoughts, your emotions, your actions and reactions. So you want to protect your energy and that can mean when you're sending them off and, you know, what, what's happening in the other home when you're not there. It's about protecting yourself during those moments that you're not allowing your thoughts and feelings and emotions to run away uh -huh. worrying about whatever every little action or step that they're having happen during that time. Um, but also it's about helping to protect your energy that when your children come back into your space and your environment, when it maybe wasn't in the same way previously for the days or, or weeks that it was, um, you know, your children sometimes might come back in a different energy themselves. Absolutely. So how do you protect yourself from that? Um, because your kids were going to express their emotions in their own way as well and, and rebel in their own ways at times as well. And it's so, not always negative either. You might have built absolutely. like you've got this lovely calm home for the weekend, it's child-free, you've actually had some beautiful time and then your children come screaming with all this excited energy. They've just been to like whatever, whatever with their dad and they've come in with all this, ah! <laughs> it's not a negative thing. It's nice to have them home but it's completely disruptive. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's about having some ways that you can rebalance yourself and keep yourself protected. Um, but one of the other things that I love to, to do is to help support children when they're going between two homes because the thing is, is as I've just talked about, there are two different environments, there are two different parents involved and styles and what they will allow or not allow happening in their homes different so, homes different rules yeah exactly so it's about how can you find something that will be consistent in both of those environments to support them transitioning between home to home um so one of the big things that I'm a, a big fan of in supporting myself and, and you know friends and family are essential oils um, and, and they're powerful for a number of reasons so i think if you've heard of essential oils you might go oh yes they smell nice but it's more than that so if we just go into the science part of it for a moment our sense of smell is connected to our limbic system in our brain and that controls our emotions our memories um feelings and that part of the brain, um, you know, you may have smelt a smell before like apple pie and it might remind you of a, a memory or a feeling that you've had from your grandmother when you, when you were younger and she used to bake apple pie or whatever it might be. And so the same goes with essential oils. You can smell an essential oil and that can make you remember some time where it could be it could be calming and it could also be stressful so it can work in both ways but if we were to use essential oils in our home and it was the same oil that had a really calming relaxing effect for the child and then they took that oil and had that oil and diffuser in their other home as well it could help them transition from, you know, one home to the other in terms of their sleep routines and having some stability there or putting it in their bath of an evening before they go to bed. Um, Is it something that you can put into a blanket like a or a toy, you know, a soft toy bear? Yeah. 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 You could grab an oil and you could put a drop on their pillow or they could have a little rollerball that you make up um, for them and they can put it on them or we could have a little spray where you could just mist it in their linen, something where that smell will be comforting, relaxing, consistent in both homes will just help their transition and their say night routine or their day routine just so much smoother as well so you mentioned that scents can also have a negative association association so how do we avoid introducing something that then 
it, it's only going to remind them of a traumatic time. How can we make that choice well? Yeah, so, I mean, if your children are old enough, you can also give them options. Like you could have a couple of options and get them to choose what they want to use and what is eliciting a really good feeling and comforting feeling for them as opposed to something that's not so comforting. So if your children are old enough, invite them to make their choices and that's also empowering for so many other uh, factors as they grow older as well, that you're trusting them, you're allowing them to start to connect to their intuition um, and they're, they're having choice around what they use and don't use on their body as well. Nice. I like that. Um, I'm just coming back to the protect your energy mm-hmm. as children come into your home so or, or as they're leaving. What, what other ways or what I'm not sure I really dug into that. So how can we really make sure that we protect our energy? Is it coming back to the self-care items that we spoke about earlier? So journaling, focusing on our breath, focusing on our um, finding a small moment for ourselves, gratitude. Is there anything else we can do to protect our own energy to make that disruption minimised for the children? Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, some of the other things that you can also look at in terms of, you know, proximity, like who are you associating with? Are you associating with people who are going to support and uplift your energy? Are they going to deplete your energy? Um, So that can be, you know, a really, um, you know, and and the community that you're building, Becca, Mm -hmm. as well, Um, having like-minded people, people who understand what you're going through, who may be able to share what they've already overcome um, and where you get to contribute. So that is the proximity. Who do you surround yourself with? Um, So that that is really important to your energy. Um, When I talk about energy as well, one of the other things that I also talk about is you know, how do you conserve your energy? So if you're, and I know we've privately had conversations about this before, but are you a type A person where you're constantly driven and you're go, go, go all the time? Are you depleting? (laughs) Are you depleting your energy in that respect or are you conserving it for and and implementing some strategies there to conserve your energy so that you've got enough when you need it and you know you're gonna have to draw on it? So um it might be saying no to more things when ordinarily you would say yes and For other people, it actually could be the reverse. So if they constantly say no, they may need to say yes in certain scenarios because that could be the opposite of what they actually need in that moment as well. Um, Another thing that I, I love in terms of protecting your energy is fuel. So what are you fueling your body and your mind with? Yeah. So if you're eating really poor foods, um, It could make you feel lethargic. Um, It might not support your overall well-being as well and it's not going to give you the energy that you need in those moments as well. So, And the same with your mind. You know, what are you feeding your mind? What fuel are you giving it? Are you giving it negative thoughts? Are you worrying about what's happening in the other person's phone? How are you going to deal with it? already trying to anticipate your kids coming home and what you're going to have to do and, you know, building and working yourself up or are you conserving your energy, fueling your mind with really positive thoughts, they're having a great time. Just creating strategies to to hold that anxiety at bay, right? I've got oodles of those, which is just how do you not create yourself into this spiral of negative thinking and anxiety? I love about fuel, fueling your body. I've had interviews with an intuitive eating coach and a non-diet dietitian on the the podcast, and they're just such interesting conversations about trusting yourself to make good choices and then examining what what am I really looking for here rather than just the quick fix of getting something in. And fueling your mind, I think, is a beautiful way of um, considering that uh, protecting your energy in the way that you fuel your mind with negative thoughts or and it's not always possible to to think positively or 
you know, or default to what's the gift here or what's the opportunity here, but even just protecting ourselves from spiraling. I think that's beautiful. Also, yeah, and, we, and um, that's where you can kind of tie that that in with that gratitude piece that we talked about earlier. So, you know, if you're finding it really hard to be positive, you know, okay, well, let, let me focus. How can I find one thing to be grateful for right now? And that in itself can just shift your energy um, all together. So yeah. Yeah. tie tie all the different things together to bring them and help to support you. I'll just mention two other things that you can do to protect your energy as well. And you can kind of tie them in together as well. So in the centre of our chest is where we say it's our heart space, our heart centre, our heart chakra, um, depending upon what you want to call it. And that's where we might feel a sense of grief and loss mm-hmm. um, as we're going through this challenging time as well. And so I love just focusing on that heart space and giving that some love and attention. You can even put um, an essential oil on that space as well. So that's where I would bring the essential oils in as well, finding intuitively what am I being called to, what do I need to put on there? Um, You know, some of the blends that I love to use might be joy or um, forgiveness or gratitude um, and I will place them on my heart center, rub it on my chest, and then just take in some deep breaths. And again, try and release whatever emotions might be coming up, acknowledge them, and, you know, create that loving space for myself. And so no matter what's going on in that moment, again, you're putting some protection oil. When I work with clients and do some body work, um, and that kind of thing, I will also put essential oils either in my aura. So just pop them in my hands and grab them around and just do that. Or I will rub them, pop it through my crown, just popping a drop onto my head from a height so that um, it's going through my aura. And then um, I will also just pop it down, rub it, and rub over my shoulders as well. So, again, that's kind of where you're... But that protects you from somebody else's energy when you're healing this. Absolutely. So I, there is certain oils that I love to use instead for that, like white angelica. It's got that um, healing, loving um, energy to it. And so I will use those or I will pop some frankincense on my crown. So again, there will be different oils that you might be called to over um, another. And again, trust that. Um, but there are beautiful oils that I love to use as part of supporting my energy when I'm working with other people that I'm not taking on their energy and yeah. their emotions. I love that about the heart chakra. Is there anything else that doesn't involve oils? I'm just I'm literally just holding onto my space now. <laughs> as I'm yeah, about it. literally. Um, it's as simple as what we first talked about at the beginning. Pop your hands on your chest. You could close your eyes and just take in some deep breaths. doesn't have to be long. Just one cleansing breath can just, again, get you back into that um, calming your nervous system, getting into that relaxation Mm -hmm. mode, recenter your body, holding yourself, even hugging yourself in that moment, all of those things. Focusing, um, you know, we talk about the heart chakra is um, like a green or pink color. So mm-hmm. again, you could even just focus on um, a color in that center of your chest. And you know, if you want to um, be a little bit quirkier, pop on a green bra or a pink bra for the day. No one's gonna know. It's gonna be underneath your Unless clothing. You want them to, yeah. Unless you want them to, of course. <laughs> um, And, you know, you can just pop them to hold that colour and that energy within your energy field as well. And then having clearer energy and and feeling a little bit more uh, in your own space helps you then with clarity, doesn't it? Because it then stops you from that, that spiral of anxiety. It stops you from the worry so much. It just brings you back. What you mentioned about clarity in our conversation earlier, um, 
what kind of clarity what might we be looking for? Are we looking for clarity in how to behave right now? Are we looking for something into the future? What do you mean by when we protect our energy, we can bring clarity? Well, during this time, if you're going through separation and divorce, your whole life is being uprooted and everything that you knew is going to change and is changing. So with that comes uncertainty and it's about how can you find that certainty and stability again within your own life, let alone your children's lives. And I I will always focus on yourself and the parent in this moment because whatever you're focusing on for you will will transpire and flow on to your children anyway so one of the first things to kind of help you to regain some clarity and stability is focusing on some structure in your life Mm. so focus on creating a really um doesn't have to be good but obviously I'm always going to prefer um better habits healthier habits but having some habits and routine to your day and your week with your yourself and also your family is just going to help reestablish some structure in your lives. And yes, some of it may have been the same as what you used to do. Some of it's going to be different. And it's about you get to choose, which is so beautiful. You get to decide what are the traditions that your family are going to have. And structure is a part of that. Traditions then are, I guess, a bit more broader, but I love that. It's one of my favorite parts of, of helping women through this. It's like, okay, there's this first, the unraveling and figuring out what's this all going to look like. Nobody's going to predict the future for you. You can't possibly know. But once you start getting empowered and fe- realizing I get to make some decisions for myself here, I can decide what happens in my home. I decide where things go and what how we're going to spend our time. Um, so I, that's one of my favorite parts for sure. Um So I love that idea of you get to decide what structure looks like in your home. And within structure, there's a lovely phrase. It's um, creativity comes from structure, not chaos, or I'm certainly paraphrasing, but the freedom comes within a confined space, not, you know, not within chaos. I'm sure I'll I'll look up the expression. (laughs) But it's it's almost like having those boundaries is where we're able to operate as our best selves because the children know what to expect. So you're not having an argument about, but now it's bath time, but now it's brush your teeth time, now you've got to eat your dinner because there's just an expectation of how your day flows through. So you can save your energy you can save your discussions with the children about things that are more important than brush your teeth it'll be more like put the device down (laughs) the time is done yeah and look you know sometimes children are going to push the boundaries more during this time if they don't have that because they're like well everything's changed I'm going to push the boundaries and they're also going through their own emotions through all of this as well. So by you kind of creating those structures is supporting them, it's supporting you. But most importantly, I want to mention here is it takes away the decision fatigue that we go through. And that's such a massive mental load, especially women that take on the decision fatigue, the less decisions you have to make because you have that structure, it's going to be so supportive for you and your family in so many other ways. And as you mentioned, you know, energy. So structure is such a big thing to flow on from that. Um, you know, what I want to talk about next is around like experimenting. Mm. So during this time, whilst you're trying to figure out what that new structure is. It's a time where you get to experiment. Also, when your children aren't with you and they're with their other parent, this is a time and it can be exciting, like, oh, my God, I've got this new sense of freedom. What am I going to do and how am I going to spend that? And it can be completely overwhelming to other people as well. And you can have all of those emotions all at once. So, as we talked about with regards to other areas, experiment, find and error. what yeah. works for you. You know, you're not the same person that you were within your relationship and you're not the same person when you first met them. Um, so what 
brings you joy and what you love to do now with that spare time that you do have is going to be different to what you used to have. So this is a ex- time to kind of start to explore this, get out, meet new people, do different things or go back and explore the things that you used to do. But for oh, some sure. reason over the way just dropped off. So um I love encouraging people to to experiment and start to rediscover what brings them joy now. Me too. Um, I have a whole section on my course about that. It's like, yeah, you know, once you know what your values and your strengths are, you can go and lean into those and just try new things. Absolutely. I love that about experimenting. So we've got trial and error with regard to how do you focus on yourself. We've got trial and error on creating structures at home. We've got trial and error on making, bringing joy back into your life. Um, I love that structure plus experimenting. Yeah. And then there are two other things to kind of help you bring clarity. So one is around like kind of setting some goals, like we focus on um, the present moment and what's not working in our lives and what we don't want more than what we do want. And so now that things have been changing um, and it's a time to rediscover ourselves and what brings us joy now, I want people to kind of now look at, well, what's what do I want to achieve now? Or what's the next thing? And focus more on what you want than what you don't want. And, you know, create some vision boards around that. Go to Pinterest, start looking, you know, if you don't think that you're clear on what that is for you now, there are two ways. You can kind of look externally for inspiration and ideas. Um, The other thing that you can do is you might be more present to what you don't want. Like the next time I meet somebody, I don't want them to be like my ex. Well, get clear on what it is that your ex has that you don't want and then flip it. So if your partner, um, you know, didn't give you public displays of affection and you want that and you miss that, then flip it. Okay, I want to meet somebody who has these qualities or I want to feel energised and free. Like focus on what you don't currently have and then flip it is a great way to start getting clear and focus your intention on what you do want. Um, And then the last point following on from that is then visualise. So when we're children and we're younger, we have these wild imaginations, we create with our minds all the time and we're constantly visualising because our brain works with images. So if you want to start to attract more into your life and get clear, you need to start your mind being free and wild and imagination again and start visualising all those things that you've just written down that you want to to create in your life and get clear and visualise and feel like, feel what is this going to feel like if I have this beautiful new home, the home of my dreams, what is that going to feel like, what is it going to look like Um, and start visualising that. So. I'm um, a, a pretty powerful manifester. Like I can create a reality um, and it has so much to do with that. It's well, what is it that I really want to bring into my life? How can I imagine how that feels? What does it look like? Really articulating it. It's, you know, where your focus goes Again, an, an expression I can't yeah. remember. <laughs> where, where, where your attention goes, energy flows. Or There you go. Yeah. yeah, And it grows, like right? So yeah. when you start desiring things or when you start noticing what it is that you do want and start imagining what it feels like and looks like, it's easier for the universe to bring that to you. And not to say that the dream home is the very next step, it might be a couple of steps ahead. But unless you can visualize and imagine what you're working towards, you won't know it when you find it. Mm -hmm. I think that's really interesting, isn't it? I want a home that is, that feels calm and makes me, you know, feel safe and secure. If you can't articulate that, then you won't necessarily be creating that environment for yourself. You won't be looking for ways to create that environment. So I love articulating goals. I mean, that whole 
masculine energy that <laughs> what am I going to do now? <laughs> and, and look, that could be confronting for someone who's still in the very early phases and going through or, or you know, even going through the emotions, you know, something might happen with your ex and, you, and you know, you might spiral backwards and, and so forth. So if that ever happens, just come back to those those steps and those actions and focus on maybe an area of your life where is a little bit more stable and is working for you, which maybe your work and your career or business, something, you know, if that's working, okay, well, what's kind of something that I'm clear on? How can I, you know, prove to yourself in those areas that you're clear and you know what you want and set a goal there and see what you can create and manifest there. And then you'll be able to do it a lot easier than in the other areas of your life where, you know, you're not, not feeling as confident maybe. Yes, yeah, baby steps. And the more practice, the more you build up evidence that it's possible, the more you can grow it and, you know, become and, easier at it. And doing some of these activities with your children not yes. only will teach them such powerful skills at a young age that they can carry through their lives, but it also could be a level of accountability that you need as well. So if you're not working with a coach like yourself or myself um, you know, or you don't have that supportive network of your friends, you could be teaching your children and getting them to do it and that could be your accountability. Well, if, I, if I'm doing this with my children, um, I need to show up as well and I need to yes. do the work and I need to set the example for them and that that in itself could be the, t- the tool that you need as well. Let's talk, I, I kind of wanted to wrap up with this because I said we would come back to it about, you know, teaching the children, supporting them, helping bring them along the journey of, so where the highest priority is we're looking after ourselves and then in doing that, whatever actions we're, we're choosing, we should be teaching our children to look after themselves as well, right? Mm-hmm. Um and then more than just that, we're, we're wanting them to look after themselves. We're wanting them to protect their own energy. We're wanting them to kind of experiment. And within, you know, we've developed some structure. We also want to give them some freedoms. So let's talk more about that. Then how do we bring the children into these practices that we might be introducing in our solo home? Um, one example I have is with gratitude um you know sometimes we'll talk around the dinner table and just say so what happened today what are we what are we grateful for and it can be really challenging it can start very quiet right <laughs> if somebody's in a bad mood because they had technology taken away from them somebody else is in a bad mood because i didn't punish her brother the way she wanted me to <laughs> it starts very quiet but the more we like begin, we begin slowly and all of a sudden, no matter what, we always get to a long list. Mm-hmm. And I find that really interesting. Can you give us some other ideas on how we might share these experiences with the children and help bring some yeah. habits? Yeah. So, I mean, as I've already talked about, the first thing is, is start doing them yourself Yeah. because when we tell our children, oh, you should try meditation, you should try gratitude writing and all of these tools that we know are supportive to them, if they don't see us doing them ourselves, they're going to go. Just being told to do another thing. Exactly. It's my parents telling me to do something else and I don't want to do it (laughs) or that doesn't sound fun. (laughs) So if they don't see you doing it, That's the first thing is first do all the things that you're asking your children to do and share with them how that makes you feel. But most importantly, they're going to see the difference in you. I mean, I don't always know when I meditate that I'm seeing results, but you ask my husband whether he notices the difference and he will tell you that I am so much of a nicer person when I'm meditating regularly versus when I'm not meditating regularly. So so if you ask my husband, um, 
I'm much nicer person when I'm meditating versus when I'm not meditating and he will know as well. And occasionally I'll get a really nice reminder, I think you should go meditate. <laughs> nice. So, <laughs> so the thing is, is what I would encourage you to do is invite your children to join you in any of the practices that you do to support yourself. Your children might join you for all of it. They may join you only for a part of it, and that's okay. At least they start to observe you. They'll see the difference that it's making to you, and it'll be a tool that they at least know and can remember, and they'll use it when they need to, okay? Yeah. So, I don't meditate very often, but sometimes, you know, I'll have a guided meditation on my phone and I'll lay on my bed, and sometimes the kids just climb onto the bed with me. They just lay there. They, I don't know whether it's an excuse for a cuddle or they're also listening to the meditation or, you know, mum doesn't slow down very often so they're enjoying that. I don't know what it is. But it's quite lovely that they just climb on board <laughs> as well. Well, and it could be just the energy that they're picking up, okay? So if you're doing any kind of form of meditation, you're calming your nervous system, you're relaxing, you're whole energy and being is shifting and so they may not be directly paying attention to the audio that's going on but they'll be picking up on the vibration and the energy that you're radiating and so they'll be getting the same benefits there in that regard um and look when it when it comes to the topic of meditation there are so many different types of meditation and there are so many different ways that it benefits us um and when I started my meditation journey, I learned one practice and then that wasn't enough for me and I learned another tool. So start small. Meditation, you know, I started with a couple of minutes and I built up from there over time. Yeah. Yeah. And I still use multiple types of meditation depending upon what I'm wanting and needing at that time. Sometimes I will put on a guided meditation. Sometimes I will put on a sound um meditation because of the energy vibrations that it's eliciting at that time and it will focus on a particular chakra that I know is out of balance or I'm wanting to support so there are so many tools within even just the meditation realm to kind of go to so again experiment what works for you and where and be gentle with yourself too right uh the idea of having a daily meditation practice or a daily gratitude practice or even a daily journal practice I would love to do all of those things and I just don't but I'm also pretty gentle with myself because I journal when I need to and I'll meditate if I absolutely you know need to or yeah I experiment and I try it just hasn't become habitual for me as much as I would love to but I'm also being really gentle with myself about it yeah and look there are going to be tools that you might incorporate on a daily practice and then there are other tools as you said you're going to bring them in when you need it it's about knowing what tools there are available how they can support you do they work for you or not because I I enjoy journaling I don't do it often either because yeah. for me, it's not the tool that that supports me in the same way. Other people love it. They'll do it every single day. And I'm like, yeah, that's great. It's yeah. just not a thing I go to all the time. Yeah. And that's where the whole experimenting piece comes into play with all of this. Um, yes, gratitude, as I talked about earlier, gratitude every day and asking your children, you know, what what's one thing that you're grateful for or what three things and you know, share what you're grateful for first and then get them to share what they're grateful for. Um, And it can be things in the present moment that you want to acknowledge and it can be things that you want to be creating and manifesting. So even though you don't have it right now, you can say, I'm so happy and grateful now that I'm living in my dream home. So it might not be here right now, but you're still grateful because you know it's happening and it's coming to you because you visualized it, you've focused on it, you're clear on what you want, and now you're thanking the universe for helping, you know, all those things line up to to have it now. Mm-hmm. Um, love languages. So um, there's an incredible book out there around love languages, understanding what your children's love languages are so that you can better communicate with them um, and understand when they're 
doing certain actions or expressing certain things where it's coming from that you're not taking things personally and you can just really be with the, their communication and vice versa so that you can then communicate back to them in a way that they're going to receive it as well so that's that's going to be probably more important over time when they're not going to be with you all the time and you're still trying to communicate with them um understanding the love languages and understanding your love language and sharing that with them as well um, will just help build that trust, that relationship as it evolves and goes through differences as well over. Yeah, I find that a little challenging. I think my son's love language is physical touch and sometimes I'm like, just get off me. (laughs) (laughs) Mummy loves you, but enough with the hugs. (laughs) I, I look, I get it. There are, there are times, you know, where my husband is, is a bit more clingy and I'm like, oh, you're being clingy. You know? <laughs> I just need some space. My, just, my love language is acts of service. Go mow the lords. What is wrong with you? <laughs> but that's when you can just express, look, I just need five minutes, ten minutes, and then, and then can we, you know. <laughs> session then and you know sit down together put a meditation sound meditation and just really be in the moment together yeah or instead of the hug can I just tickle your back for a minute or can we just hold hands like of course I'll give you physical touch just I don't need it (laughs) like get off me (laughs) absolutely and then just the last thing you know as I talked about earlier one of the beautiful things, you know, I have a diffuser there in the back there. Um, I have one in every room. And so, again, having that um, diffuser both within your home and your partner's home where your children are going to be spending time knowing it's the same diffuser or a similar diffuser, they know how to operate it, they've got the same oils in both homes. It just creates that consistency, that structure and that routine for them that they feel safe, they feel calm. It's, again, another one less thing that they need to cut between homes because, you know, again, they're bringing clothes from house to house. They don't need to bring oils from one house to the other and a diffuser from one house to the other, and each place has it. It's just something that they go, okay, this is my space, this is my routine, I know what to do, and they can just go and support themselves and, you know, even grabbing the bottle directly and just breathing it in from the bottle or putting it in their hands, teaching them, you know, and if you don't know how to use oils, I'm here to support Um, you and to teach you and and your family. Um, But, yeah, there are so many ways that they can start to then empower themselves to support their well-being and what they need in that moment. Beautiful. Sharon, can you tell me a bit more, tell us a bit more about how people can work with you? We'll obviously put the link in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. So I've created a special link for all of your listeners. Um, so sharonkeo.com forward slash do divorce right. Um, and in there, people can book a free strategy call to connect with me. We can have a one-on-one, um, find out a little bit more about each other and see if we might work well together. Um, you can check out um, some upcoming courses that I have and getting on the wait list. Um, you can pre-order my book. Yes. Um, and if- some um, support around essential oils we can book a call and we'll get the oils that you need to support your family and I'll teach you how to use them as well. Sharon is an incredible intuitive coach I have worked with her and absolutely loved it so if you know if you're ever tempted and wondering what does that even mean book in a strategy session with her I'm sure you'll get a lot out of it. Um, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Sharon. This has been awesome. I will have a think about all of the things we've written in here. I think there's there's uh, like a full book in what we've just spoken about. I so appreciate you sharing generously. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. And, yeah, some of the stuff that we've talked about today is in the book as well, if that makes things easier. Beautiful. Thanks for listening. I hope you took something of value out of this episode. I'm your host, Becca Maxwell, and you can find me on the web at dodivorceright.com or on Instagram at dodivorceright. I look forward to connecting with you there.